We're very thankful today to be joined by Angela Michael, and I believe that this is going to be a very powerful segment today. She is with the Small Victories USA group. You could find them online at smallvictoriesusa.com and smallvictoriesus.com. Angela, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Mr. Stevens. I appreciate it. Well, I look forward to this interview because I look forward to talking with people who have experience in radio. Uh, It makes interviews just go much more smoothly, and that's one part of your story we'll uh, talk about. But the, the reason for the conversation is that you have been involved in a frontline pro-life ministry now for over 30 years that has been really changing lives in and around the Granite City uh, Hope Abortion Clinic. And I don't really know what the first question I should ask should be. And so where does this story begin? I think it begins over 30 years ago when God kept waking me up and I still a baby Christian. I don't even think I was baptized yet then, but God put on my heart. I could hear babies crying at night, hear them crying and screaming, and I wasn't getting much sleep. And it wasn't our babies because as, as you know, we have 13 children. And, um, I, I answered the call because I went to the abortion clinic, you know, and, and saw women going into this clinic. And I was the only woman out there at the time. Uh, there was four little Catholic men in the alley that would just kneel there and pray. And they were just petrified at this abortion mill because the abortion mill would intimidate them and harass them um, so that they wouldn't turn out or they wouldn't stand up, you know, to them or they'd threaten them. But I stood up because God told me to get up off my knees and to go to those women. And after I did that for a few weeks, because like I said, it looked like a herd of cows, 20 to 30 women going in there in an hour to have abortions. And they would have to walk this alleyway. And that gave me two or three minutes to at least talk to them. When I saw that happening, it just, it broke my heart. I could see visibly underneath their shirts. This is when women were still wearing maternity smocks. You could see how large the abdomen was, you know, how big their tummies were. And one woman I remember had almost like a translucent white shirt on and I could actually see the baby's movement under and she was going in there to kill that baby. And that's when God told me, you've got to talk to them from a mother's standpoint with a mother's heart and from my nursing background. And I thought, if these women could only see these little boys and these little girls in their tummies auditioning, they wouldn't go through it. I could be a window to the womb, and that's really what got me started. And I looked all over trying to find uh, an ultrasound machine back then, and they weren't cheap. But I found a, um, it was more of a kidney uh, ultrasound machine, but it was close enough for me, and it was $75, and I bought it from a used medical uh, outfit and um, kept it in our minivan. And this is really what, what we did. We, we went through several minivans. Then we worked our way up to a conversion van where we had a little bit more room. But we were the only center there um, that was helping women or trying to help women. And we would do pregnancy tests, um, hand out all kinds of literature. But we basically were doing the medical care for women, offering them another option. 
And after we started showing women their babies, they wouldn't go in there and kill them. And they they would be told that there's nothing in there, maybe some tissue. Um, get in here before it turns into something. And we would show them that something in there with fingers and toes and a heartbeat. And they couldn't go through with their abortions. And then we would find out what resources they needed. And we just built up our ministry that way with keeping baby supplies on hand and clothing for them. If they had other children, you know, um, some food uh, items, staples we would keep in the van. And then we worked our way up to these uh, used RVs. We've never had a new one, but we had used ones. We've gone through four of them. We're working on our fourth one currently right now. And we're so grateful by the grace of God that God provides us, you know, the, these vehicles that we can turn them into medical units now and we can show women a picture of their babies. Um, and once they see them moving and like I like to say, auditioning for their lives, they can't go through with it. They can't go in there. And then uh, the very last thing I will say to the women is describe what those babies are going to go through, depending on how late term they are. Because Hope Clinic specializes in late-term abortions. That means they kill babies through all nine months, 40 weeks. They will kill a baby. We're speaking with Angela Michael. She is with the uh, Small Victories Ministry. And you specifically have focused much of your work at the clinic in Granite City, Illinois. Uh, What other locations have you taken your mobile ultrasound units too over the years we're well we were in st louis when planned parenthood was over there we would try and go there early in the morning because hope clinic would open up in the afternoons and uh eventually they ended up getting more and more business from missouri that we had to stay here in illinois and then in 2019 you probably heard the mega planned parenthood in fairview heights illinois uh was erected uh in the um dark they didn't want anyone to know about it so they hid this operation and but they opened up in october of 2019 and we've been going there now for over three years we cover um that area and uh show the the only thing is now we've been so effective at the uh, planned parenthood in fairview heights illinois that they put mesh black mesh over their fence that uh, it's really hard for the girls to see us or for them to see the unit so they could just see the top part of the unit but we still um I have a ladder now, and I put it up against the fence, which I tell people I'm a Latter-day Saint. But uh, <laughs> we stand there, and we talk to the young ladies, you know, as they're getting out of their cars. You know, it's really hard to save them nowadays over in Fairview Heights, but we still do. Um, recently, on a Saturday, uh, after the escorts, and these are the workers or the volunteers for the Planned Parenthood that come to the cars, and they usher them inside as quick as they can. Um, they had left early and we were able to talk to two different women at various times and they came inside our medical unit and we saved their baby one of them was pregnant with twins i remembered so uh, very exciting to save a baby over in fairview heights but uh, that's the other facility that we go to how many babies do you think you have kept from being aborted over the years 
Well, since January 2000, we started in 1993, but January 2000, people were taking notice and they said, Angela, you need to start keeping records or keeping track because babies were being saved. So since January 2000, uh, we've saved approximately, I have to say the Lord has saved, he just uses me, saved over 6,755 babies to date and um, 52 babies of those have gone up for adoption into good Christian families. How can people support your ministry? I talk about, you know, God providing you these various things. And of course, the Lord works through us as human agents. And I suppose that a part of what you do is funded just by donations. Is that right? Yes, just private individual donations. We don't have banquets or fundraisers because I I told my husband who helps me, my partner, I said, I never want to worry about money. Let God do, you know, worry about that because my focus needs to be on these girls because I only get, you know, two to three minutes to see what the Lord tells me because the Lord will put in my mind what what's going on. You can read these people after you've been out there for 30 years and I read them and I, and I talk to them. There's something that just, you know, makes them think about it before they go in there and then they'll come inside the medical unit. Um, so I told my husband, I don't ever want to worry about the money part of it. So by the grace of God, you know, and, and church, good churches, good church people that, you know, see the beautiful work that the Lord's doing through our ministry. Um, they've been able uh, to keep us on the streets, so to say. I'm sure that you've had critics over the years, but... Mm. Uh, has any of that ever bothered you? Has the work that you do in this ministry ever bothered you, or, or has it been difficult to go on? Well, um, I don't know. I should probably back up a little bit. You know, the abortionist inside Hope Clinic, as I was sharing with you earlier, we used to be co-workers at an elite hospital in West St. Louis County, and that's when I ran into him outside the abortion mill did I discover that he was moonlighting and killing these babies and he's probably been my worst critic because this abortion mill in Granite City has filed at least 10 frivolous lawsuits against us and in the beginning I I would be lying if I told you it didn't cause us to pause because they threw everything um, but the kitchen sink at us, uh, accusing us of all kinds of horrible things going on. And all we were doing was exposing the evil that was happening inside this abortion mill. And it just, it didn't hurt us. And as a matter of fact, the um, chief officer inside Hope Clinic came out to the media and told them when they asked them, what do you think of the Michaels? They said, we think they're relentless because we didn't back down. What What they did to us, you know, made us stronger and it made our children. Yes, it was a yoke on them, but it made them stronger too in their faith. And as adults now and young adults, it's made them stronger too. So, um, and I do have to give um, kudos to the Granite City law enforcement. We've gone through so many police coming down there that now there is some street respect out there because they see our hearts. They see what we do. They they have run into the babies, seen the babies that are now grown up or they're adults and they come back and they thank me for saving their 
their lives or their babies. And it's it's really touching to see that little bit of respect that we get now because they know we're not down there to yell and scream at women. We're down there to help them with other options and to love on them because so many of our women, and especially nowadays, they don't have that encouragement. They don't have the mothering. They don't have the support system back home. And that's why a lot of them are going through those doors thinking that this is the best solution, you know, for their so-called problem. An interesting scenario played out at some point. I'm not exactly sure when, but I read some material about Small Victories USA about a Arkansas rapist who was, I guess, bringing a, a victim to the Hope Clinic. Oh, that was that was so tragic because people wondered and they would criticize us. Why are you taking pictures of them? We weren't taking pictures of them in a malicious way. We were documenting. And that's what our ministry did since January 2000. We document, especially when we were seeing little girls, young girls, as young as 12 years old being brought to this abortion clinic by older men or by obviously you could tell that they were hustlers or uh, for lack of a better word, pimps. They were bringing these girls to the abortion clinic to get rid of the evidence of what was going on back home. And in particular, one day when we got home from the abortion clinic, uh, two detectives called and they had asked if we had pictures from this particular day. And by the grace of God, we did. We had three incriminating pictures because this young girl was being raped uh, over and over again by this older man. He was 58 years old and she was 13 and he was bringing her to Hope Clinic where they're supposed to be mandatory reporting when a young underage girl is pregnant and uh, asking who the father of this baby is. But this this older man was bringing her there to get rid of the evidence. And when she finally worked up the nerve to go to the police and tell them what this man was doing to her, they didn't believe her. But then the detectives remembered that there's this ministry that's out there every day. And they asked us if we had any kind of pictures from that day. And by the grace of God, we had a picture of the car, a picture of the subject, the perpetrator, and this young girl. And they were able to handcuff him that day. And they let me hear that on the phone, that they handcuffed him and they arrested him. We're visiting today with Angela Michaels. She is with smallvictoriesusa.com. They do a lot of pro-life work adjacent to the Hope Clinic in Granite City, Illinois, providing ultrasounds so that uh, women can see that little baby growing in their womb and i hear a i think the most compelling criticism of the pro-life movement by pro-choice people they will say pro-lifers are pro-life up until the moment of birth and then they could care less what happens uh to people once they are born and uh, i think that when people levy that kind of criticism uh, that it is not accurate because there are a lot of various uh, pro-life pregnancy crisis centers that try to provide additional resources uh, on after uh, a child is born. Uh, What do you say to people who levy that criticism? 
Well, I always invite them to come and walk with me. Just walk with me one week and see what our ministry does for these girls because they'll be amazed because we go beyond what's out there on that brochure that we hand out to the girls. You know, we help them with other children. We've helped them like we have little mini baby showers outside the abortion mill. One we had last last year in May, um, the women that saw us throwing this baby shower for this one woman that saved her baby, two of those women that were waiting in their cars to go inside Hope Clinic to have their abortions got out of the car, joined the festivities, and ended up saving their babies. And we ended up helping them because they saw that we just don't do the walk. I mean, or do the talk. We do the walk with them and we help them no matter what the obstacle is that they, you know, present to us. We help them get into housing. Uh, We pay their bills, whatever we can do that they feel like they don't have to go in there and kill a baby. And that's going to solve the problems. That's why we're out there. And that's why we always look to the churches to help us, you know, with these resources that these girls don't have to beg for help that's already available. We make everything easy for them so that uh, they do feel like we really are loving them. You know, just like Jesus would do, not screaming Jesus at them, but being Jesus to them. And Angela, I I guess it'd be worth mentioning the fact that uh, we came to be aware of your ministry through uh, White Ash Baptist Church here in Southern Illinois. I know they hosted, I believe, your husband there recently. Yes, he went. I was a little under the weather, unfortunately, but he came back and he had tears in his eyes because he said it was just so awesome. And Pastor Andy Lee, he's the senior pastor. He is a man of God and very faithful because he brings the church uh, to either abortion clinic. He'll bring groups up here uh, so often. And it really, it's it's good to see people like that out there. Pastor, um, youth pastor Eric Holmes had a great presentation at church on Sunday with the children there, uh, some what they want to be when they grow up. And I just thought that was awesome. I wanted to give the White Ash uh, Free Will Baptist Church a shout out there. Great, great group of people. If you're looking for a church in Marion, Illinois, that's a good church to go to. Well, I don't know what other questions really to ask. I think the your purpose is clear and your follow-through is quite something that's remarkable to me to have a dedication over the years. There are a lot of people who are good starters, uh, but there are fewer people who have the resilience to remain committed to something over a period of time. And there's some real depth to that. I have a lot of respect for people like you that are willing to hang in there uh, through lawsuits, through criticism, through all the things that you've been through that we cannot even hope to sort of properly describe over the course of a 10 or 15 minute radio interview. But um, kudos to you. Praise God. Well, Proverbs 24, 11, 12 was really my marching orders. And when I read that scripture, I thought, how can I stay home? I told you and mentioned earlier about the babies crying. It was only after I consistently kept going down to the abortion clinic. It was only after we were able to see the fruits of our labors, our very first ones, that that crying finally left and I could sleep at night. So I know this was all in God's plan. I just couldn't question anything. I just had to do what he put on my heart. And as long as God keeps putting this on my heart, I feel like, you know, at least those babies, I may not be able to save them all, 
but at least we tried and at least those babies heard our voices out there crying out for them and that those babies didn't die in vain and that we were there smallvictoriesusa.com you can uh, give to your ministry via your website Yes, you can go to Small Victories Ministries, um, or you can just contact us off air, 618-654-5800. Angela, thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much, Will. Have a blessed day.